Jesus, glory to God. Wow, God, where do we start? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you can go ahead and see it. Before we, before I start, I want to give a very big thank you to one of our members, um, Sochi Rodriguez. She has upped our production value so much in this past week. What is happening now is that these biblical solutions for life and these different times we come together, she's cut them up so that you have the minister jury videos, MP4, separate when you just want to go back and get that teaching and you don't want to be rude and shut off, you know, whoever's coming behind it. She's separated it out now. Um, these are going to be on uh, YouTube at some point, but she's got the Dr. Baker messages, and she's put mine separate, and it, it looks so good. <laughs> you all will get a chance. In fact, Crystal, I'm going to send you something because I want you all just to, to get a look at it. Or, Soshi, if you're watching, if you could just forward the email to Crystal. Uh, either way, you, do you have it? Good. I just want you to show them the email, please. Just the email, well, the email because it separates the four of them together. So. I want you all just to see something that is happening in um, happening in, in our house that speaks to elevation. It speaks to us, you know, getting ready. We won't be putting the music on those videos because we're not licensed for that. So there will be, you know, little parts that have to be cut out or something. But. Um, I just thought, I, I saw this last night, saw part of it, and I was so, I, am, I just feel we're so blessed in this ministry for all of the different things, the talents, the giftings, the, the sacrifices, the seeds that, that are sown into this house, the, the things that, that help us to get this message, to craft it in such a way that uh, I'm not going to say it's acceptable to world standards. I'm going to say that it will set a standard that others will follow. And it's just so beautiful to me that, uh, that, she, that the God sent her here. I've said the same types of things about each of you. But today, let's celebrate what one of us, what one part of our yes. body is doing for the whole body. Yes. And, and it, it's, it's, it's a lesson that we learn that, God, you know, uh, there are days I'm just really impressed with my arms. Okay. Go ahead. See what, look there. So what you see there are separate, it's the individual teachings. And we're going to do things with them on YouTube and things on the website, but so there's Biblical Solutions for Life, Dr. Baker Session 2, um, Minister Jury Session 1, Minister Jury and Judge Connie um, on May 31st, Session 2, and then me on um, the, the fourth one. But what she did is, I think that's just outstanding. And just, yes, play one of them just so they can see what I'm talking about with the beginning. This is what was so, it's just beautiful. You're sitting there going, wow, this is us. Uh, forget about it if it won't do it. <laughs> anyway, what it does is it opens with our name. And it opens with who we are. And then it takes you into the message, the teaching itself. 
And so it's, it's I'm going to use the word packaged with the quality that we want. And uh, we, we will only go up, you know, expand more and, and, and do better. If you can get it, that's great. Otherwise, it's, it's okay. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, uh, Father, for Soshi. Soshi, thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for Frederick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for just pushing us. And, you know, just for Frederick, for, for people, all of you, but there are people that have a, a certain uh, a zeal. It's, it's going to be, it's related to what we're going to share this morning. Um, people that have recognized the raw. This is, when you think about Andrew in the Bible and how he went to, to Peter and he said, we found him. He said, we found him. And he got the raw beginning, first days of Jesus' ministry. Before Jesus was known. And he saw him for what he was. And he went and told his brother, we found the one. Come and see. He's not internationally known. He's not a household name. Go ahead. Did you stop right there? Yeah. There. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't it? Okay. That's, an, that's okay. I just wanted them to see the beginning, and it's also at the end. It's also at the end. Okay. But here Andrew saw. Jesus wasn't well known. But he told his brother we found him. And we want you to He said, we found this one who is the one we've been waiting for. Praise you, Jesus. I can't find the scripture right now. My point is, there are people that God sends to ministry that he wants to grow, that he has a plan for. And there are people that have the ability to see the value before the value is really recognized worldwide. And they crack it open because they see the treasure. And they say, I believe I was sent here to help to promote this, to push this, because people have got to know what God is saying. And there are certain types of personalities that have the ability to drive something and to have the tenacity to go after what it is that they're looking for, that, that 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 God says, I want, I want you to, I want you to take this diamond in the rough, and I want you to help me to do what it is that I want to do. 
that's what God has sent in, I believe, every single one of the people that is a problem, every single one of us that is a part of this house. But this push to do it, no, I'm going to, God says, I gave you an excellence, an excellence for ministry, an excellence in, in a standard that I, I want you to, you're going to have opposition because when you're dealing with ignorant people, they will fight you for what they do not understand. That's it. That's it. And so I praise God for tenacity, for Soshi, for Frederick, for others. Says that will say, even though I know you don't understand why I am driven to do this, I'm, God told me to do it, you didn't. So I don't need your permission to obey God. But I'm going to have to push past even your opposition, what you don't understand, until he brings understanding to you. And we all step into a greater um, elevation or a, an expansion of, of, our, of the voice and of the purpose and of the call. And so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for, that like Andrew, like, like the, other, the early followers of Jesus, they recognized him before the crowds started to come around. They recognized what he had before everybody knew that he had it. He wasn't an in thing, okay? He, he wasn't, um, how do you say, he, he wasn't a, uh, um, he wasn't a trend yet. But he sure was worth following. And thank you, Carlita and Frederick. The scripture that I was looking for is uh, in John 1, 40 and 41. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Come and see. Glory to God. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for, for, the, for the opening of our hearts and our minds and our understanding. And thank you that you granted each of us the tenacity when we're pushing toward things that you told us to do and there is ignorance that is fighting us and, and, and even when we fight against that which is, is, is best for us but we don't understand that you grant us understanding we thank you for the ability to have the heart of Yeshua because we do to be able to, to do it because it pleases you and that we trust you with. It's not an arrogance that says, well, they're too stupid to get it, but it's more a trust in you saying, in their ignorance, you will minister truth to them, healing to us, to yes, all yes, of us, yes, and yes, everything yes, else yes, that yes, is yes, necessary yes, to have, so that, that when understanding comes, we are already in the place that you want us to be. We may have been kicking, we may have been screaming, we may have been arguing, we may have been pulling back because we were afraid afraid, but the truth um, sets us free from the bondage of fear. It sets us free from the things of the world, from the old ways, from the desire to control because we feel out of place or insecure or whatever it happens to be, but that the whole objective is that we as a bride presented without spot or wrinkle will be able to say the prince of this world has come, but he has found nothing in me. And I thank you for our eyes and our hearts and our ears and, and, and our lives to be electrified today by the messages that you speaking to us. One message, different voices, but it is you, Holy Spirit, that brings us to that place that you desire for love, astounding love, 
love, astounding love, astounding love, a global church fellowship, more than enough, more than enough ministries, ministries that are more than enough, that, 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 that every single combination of the names that you have given, you gave us these names to fulfill the plan that you have for these names, for the El Shaddai, for the, for the everlasting love, because these are your names. You are astounding love. You are the God who is more than enough. And so it is that we take to heart the opportunity to be able to live up to your name because you are in us. And you said, and my name is in them. Yes. Glory yes, to God. Yes, yes. And I thank you for understanding yes. today. For you, even even in that, that I know that I don't say anything out of out of some kind of um, natural brilliance. Mm -hmm. But it's the things that I'm listening for you to say, so that I flow in obedience to you. Your sheep hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we do not follow. And if we don't follow the voice of a stranger, we surely won't speak its words. And so we thank you for all that you have and all that has come before. I thank you for this people, of which I am glad to be one. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fredrickson, a note, he says, notice where Sochi is located, Southern California, taking dominion over broadcast. I like that. All right. Hey, Sochi. Hey, Frederick. Hey, people. You're kind of a big deal. Okay. I actually don't plan to use much as far as these slides are concerned today. I'm going to share a few things with you uh, I'm going to start with last Sunday, and I know I printed the notes, but I just don't recall if I picked them up off the printer, which I've done before. Okay. Last Sunday, I, no, I didn't, I have them here. After service and all, you know, we're not off. I mean, you, you, it's like there might be downtime when you can change your shoes or change your apparel. But you never stop being who you are. Right? Okay. And, and in terms of even the calling, we, we don't stop. Uh, we don't stop being that child of God. We don't, we don't stop being one that's still listening. You don't turn off hearing from the Lord after you've preached. And it's like, okay, I've done my part, so I don't have to listen for his voice anymore until maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, I can take the next few days off. You don't turn it off. There's constant communication with the Lord. There's communication when we do what we do. There's communication when we're not doing anything that seems to be of note. There's, there's not a time in the body when we are supposed to turn off from the head. Okay. And so... Sunday was interesting. My brother and my daughter kind of, well, my brother wasn't there, but my daughter just laughed. I'll share the story later. I had for dinner last Sunday um, eggs and bacon and gluten-free toast. I cooked it myself. I burned every single thing. 
Now that takes you all the way down to the bottom of cooking. You know, you're only better than the people that can't boil water. <laughs> if you can mess up bacon and eggs and toast that you don't have anything to do with it, okay. Yeah. So I sat there with this burnt dinner and I'm so happy with my, I was gifted long ago with a set of Copper Chef uh, cookware. I so like it because you can burn stuff and it'll slide right out. <laughs> and that's what happened is my burnt, I couldn't, you know, if you use a different kind of skillet and the eggs are stuck. So you just have to throw everything away. Nah, I couldn't do it because they slid right out. Nothing stuck to the pan. So I'm sitting there eating this burned dinner. Why, why am I telling you this? Because I was bothered. There was just something going on, and I wasn't settling. God was speaking, but it wasn't on a, I, I wasn't recognizing in that moment, because I, I felt so tired. And I, I really did. I just felt, um, I don't, not really drained, but just like I just need to rest, but I'm, I'm restless. And so... I fell asleep, which is pretty, pretty typical for Sundays. We just kind of go home and to Manteca, and that's the end of the day. It's, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm usually down by about 7.30 or 8 o'clock like a toddler, um, maybe 9. But I'm, I, I'm off all communications, and um, I go to sleep. But I woke up at 11 p.m., and I couldn't go back to sleep. I tried. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try to do this or I'm going to try to do that. And I really couldn't settle on anything. And finally, because I'm really brilliant, and it only took me two hours to figure out God wants to talk to you. That's pretty good. From 11 to about 1 a.m. About 1 a.m., I'm like, I'm not going to sleep. And so I got up and I went to my prayer chair. And I was like, what is it? And all of a sudden, I saw what it was. What was happening to me was that the Spirit of the Lord was bringing a compelling need for repentance. Dr. Baker talked about this a little bit on the, I think, the Tuesday, prayer, Tuesday morning prayer call. I felt so grieved over the, the things that were happening in the country, in the nation, the riots, the, 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 the expressions of anger and hatred and so forth. And I just, I was just really bothered. And as I saw, the Spirit of the Lord was impressing upon me, then why don't you repent? Because things that are going on, this racism, this bigotry, this this, and all of the little, not all of the little nuances, and yes, there's strategic plans, and the, there are other things at work, but the allowing of certain types of things that happen in the earth, the church can do something about it. But I felt that my repentance was not for the people of the world, but it was for the body of Christ. Because we have not dealt with racism. We have not put to death bigotry or any of those other ugly words and feelings and expressions, or I'll put it, I'll give you a, a better word for it. Um, Let's go to this. Go, go to this next one. Keep going. That's not. These are not the right ones. I'm sorry. I did send them to you, so it's okay. It's okay. Because I wasn't sure I was going to share them anyway. Prejudice, bigotry, hatred, racism, 
privilege, entitlement, fear, and a world point of view is all sin. And, and, and I felt it like, but God, here we are in astounding love. And we love everybody. We've got this. We've got that. We've got this. And it's like, the ones that you know are fine. It's the ones that you don't know. That you have a different acceptance level for. How accepting am I if you come in with a, um, a turban? If you come dressed in Muslim style, or you look too beachy, or too something, what if you're the same skin tone as me, but the way you're presenting yourself is suspect to me? And this is different from being on guard because they are suspect because somebody is suspect, because somebody is a danger. There's a different voice the Spirit of the Lord will warn and, and tell us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like the Bible says, when somebody comes into your, your group, that I've said it, but you don't like the way they look. They're not to your taste. God gave me a dream long ago about a, a man that had come into my life, and he was, I, I, I don't really know what was what, but, but in the dream, the man, you know, he kisses me, and his kiss was wet. It was gross to me. And I was like, okay, no. Plus, well, he wasn't black. He was different and so forth. And he, he was tall, blonde. Um, he was a tall, blonde uh, man, white man. And when he kissed me, I just thought it was gross in the dream. And I was like, what was that all about? Because different aspects of the dream, which I'm not going to go into. And the Lord said, because what I have for your life is not to your taste. And I found that I had these practices. Because of my own personal preconceived ideas, expectations, and standards. For everybody else's life. And I found that it wasn't the same prejudices that God would say, yeah, I, I, I feel that way too. I found that the way that I felt about certain people that annoy me or this or that or the other doesn't line up with how God feels about them. And these are the things I was repenting for. And I was looking for the ugly, looking for it, not trying to avoid it. Because I felt there's so much more to this. There's things that he has called this ministry. Our name is love. <laughs> more than enough love. And so we, we get to get it right, to help others to get it right. And I'm not going to talk about this a lot today. I'm going to talk about it all the time, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not this, is, this is an introduction because, you know, here's the thing. My mindset is the set of ideologies and beliefs that I nurture. These beliefs and ideologies shape my feelings, emotions, attitude, behavior, and habits. Sound familiar? It's not gone. We still use it. It's the root or foundation oh, yeah. of everything. Okay, it's, it's, it, it doesn't go away. Just because you haven't seen it, it's not gone. Okay. And so how I determine, how I've set my mind to think about people, how I have set my mind to accept, uh, you, you could use being in the church, you could use just a preaching style or a singing style. Um, uh, I found, you know, I don't care for that kind of music and I don't care for this. It's fine. But what's not okay is to judge it. 
because it doesn't meet my standard, because I don't like the way these people do this, because I don't care for this. That does not mean I have to listen to every this, that, or the other, or I, I have to become a person of no opinion, no refinement, no distinction. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is how the Lord was saying, it's where you are in absolute agreement with the world, and you are not in agreement. And in our church, we've separated. We call, and I, I looked at the history a little bit, what they refer, what was referred to by some as the black church or the this church or that church. And you know that much of that came because of slavery, because of segregation, because um, there were people that, that uh, white people that got black people saved, but they didn't want to be in the same house with them. And so, or because of Jim Crow, they weren't allowed to, to, to be together in that way. There were different rules and things, and this is back in the 1700s, late 1700s, you know, when, when um, these things, when Christianity came to America, and because it had to get here. And, and so as you look at the history of church, if you look at these, these different types of stories that are going on, how this church was founded, the, the, the African Methodist, the African Baptist, and, and it was many from Africa. It wasn't even an African-American, as they say, but it was you know, people that had come that said, this is the Jesus, this is the truth about, the, about him. But because of the laws of the land, there was segregation, there was this, there was that, and so we keep it separate. And, and so it became the tradition to keep it that way. And the same, well, we have this, um, the, the mostly in like Mexican churches that they were referred to was, it, it was the first, it was the language. It was because much of the, many of the people were Catholic. And then they started hearing another type of, of, of preaching and teaching, but it, it stayed within the culture. A lot of it is cultural preference. Um, and a lot of, you know, because we just, it's easier to be around folks that understand where I'm coming from than it is to be around people that I have to constantly explain where I'm coming from. Says who? Because God does it all the time. <laughs> all the time. And so I looked at where am I culturally, my set of ideologies, how much of that is cultural, but not kingdom culture. And I, I personally have a lot of room for improvement. You know, I, I wouldn't have said, oh, I'm not prejudiced, because I've, I've seen too many times that I've prejudged different things. But bigoted, small-minded, cut, cutting, cutting things off, or... Um, Having that um, hatred, hatred is such a, a strong thing because it means I don't care if you die. It's the ability to murder because I have no feelings of giving you no value. You mean nothing to me. If you live, fine. If you die, that's cool with me because I have no love for you. Racism has a lot of different definitions. And I remember so many years ago, my mom, in one of her psychology studies, I think, I don't even know, she just has always had books everywhere in the house, which has never bothered me at all. 
and I would go to her her different um, library type of things and just look at things. So she had racism in America, um, the stories about the black boy Richard Wright. I, and I, I and when I was studying a lot of different kinds of literature, a Richard Wright who who wrote um, I forget it. Um, it'll come or Frederick will tell me. But he wrote, he wrote a lot of books. Uh, he wrote one about a man named Bigger Thomas, as I recall. And it was a horrible story about a black man that was in the wrong place at the wrong time and ended up killing a white woman and stuffing her in the furnace to try to burn her and um, to burn the remains and the things that happened to him afterwards. He didn't kill her on purpose, actually. But nobody was going to believe him, so he was trying to hide it. And so that's the culture. There, there's so many ways that it can, it can be, it says, in the belief. It's based on the belief that one's own, they say race, is superior. So that tells us that it is based and founded and rooted in insecurity. Yes. Because... There are two ways of doing it, either feeling insignificant and then you'll try to be invisible or feeling so insecure that you push past it and become boastful and mean-spirited and you will find something wrong with everybody else in order to keep making yourself feel better about you. Whereas truth, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free and the freedom that you get from the truth heals the insecurities on the inside. Right, that's right, that's the right. church is insecure. Yes. The church is filled with a, with a lot of posturing because of a lack of identity. Yes. A lack of, if you don't, this is why we, we push to preach, to teach, that we know our identity. When you know who you are, you don't strive to be something else. And you don't strive against others because you find them inferior. Identity in the kingdom allows us to open the doors to help others to cross over. It never is done. The Bible keeps talking about, don't look down upon them. James says, look, when they come in, you don't treat one this way and one the other. This, this separatism, because this one looks like they got some money, and, and this one looks like they could be your honey, and all this kind of stuff. You don't do that. Those are not the distinctions that we make. I know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then the brokenness of your life and the brokenness of my life and all of these lives together is based on what's on the inside where you know what? There is no color. That's right. But we don't like to be uncomfortable. I am so pushing your comfort level this morning and I'm not Dr. Baker. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the easier one. Okay. And you approve that message? I do approve that message. I do. But I do strive also to be like Dr. Baker. So I'm not saying anything that she's not going to say. You understand? It's uncomfortable when you are forced to look at yourself in a way that you didn't want to. I'm fine with you looking at myself in certain areas because I already have a pre-programmed message that no matter what God really says, this is what he's going to say. Everything's fine. You're great. You're wonderful. I love you so much. You're so precious to me, my little poop. You know, I find no fault with you. Your diapers are never soiled. Only in a 
false dream world. Does that happen? Because God is about getting all of the devil out of us and filling every place in us with himself. And in the body of Christ, and I am a part of that body, it's not enough for us to say, well, you know, um, the, the, those folks, are the, those are the good Mexicans, the good black people, the good white people, those are the good Asians, you know, these are the good ones. What makes them that? Things that we've been taught, things that we've experienced, things where we find it easier to generalize and to include everybody. That's why so many people will say all police officers are, are whatever they did. I, I, I had the honor of working with police for about a year, working in the Oakland Police Department. And I worked in the Crime Analysis Department. I got to see things, I, I read reports, I, I, I saw stuff about what happened in that city in different places, and I got to see what it looks like when the good guys show up. Some wear white hats, some wear black hats. Some don't wear a hat, they wear helmets, or they wear nothing on their head like that. But when the people that are chosen of God and put in a position to help, to protect, and to serve. I saw them do it, and they were black men, they were white men, they were um, uh, all different, uh, they were all ethnicities and both men and women. In fact, the one that was in charge of the department I worked in was a woman. I saw respect. You know, in, in police departments, they refer to each other as sir and ma'am. They don't just do that to, to the civilians. That's how they refer to each other. They keep honor and respect. In, in, in those levels, in those places. It, it, it's not a, uh, even if, they're, if they, they get along, you know, because they have certain rules, like if you want to go out to lunch or something, it depends, there only so many of them can go in uniform. The rest have to change in the street clothes. They're still on duty, but because they don't want to, uh, you know, they're conscious of the community. And, and so they, it's, it's just different. And I got an opportunity to be in their world for just a little while. And I came away with a respect. I had met, prior to that, a very mean um, police officer. And, and uh, I could have gone with the, it's a white man trying to judge me because of this. He was just a mean cop who happened to be white. I also came across some that were corrupt that were other skin colors. I, I, I came across one that was just a joy, but I, I, I honestly, for true, he reminded me of, of one of my own family members. But he would tell you, I mean, he seemed so easygoing until you crossed the line. When you, if, if they crossed the line, he said, oh, no, we don't put up with that. Now, you know, he was very easygoing in his conversation, but he was a cop through and through. To protect and to serve, we are the sworn. They swore to uphold. Now, the ones that didn't, whether it's police or it's preachers or it's teachers, they can be in government, they can be in show business, they can be in the medical field, they, can, they are predators and evil, bigoted, or whatever kind of people are in every aspect of society. And sometimes they are here. We want to make sure in this house that we set a standard to get rid of it in here. 
And the reason this is so important is that our apostolic vision and mission statement is one that we are sent, we are assigned to those kingdoms, government, church, um, the people. Uh -huh. I think you said entertainment. Uh, yeah, entertainment and, and media, and but we're assigned to leaders, governmental. We have a governmental assignment. So if you don't get this, uh, I, I didn't think she was gonna try and rip off my, my afternoon message, but between Minister Dury, I'll call him Minister, he's already got his slap, so he's back in great graces for opening his mouth when he should have kept it closed. But, um, you know, because the child in him was trying to be disobedient, but he forgot that the mama was still like it was supposed to be. Anyway, I just, you know, wanted to throw that and warm Daniel, you know. Anyway, um, now the world knows. Now the world knows. <laughs> <laughs> now the world knows. But um, uh, our apostolic assignment. So this is important that we know this, and this is why I had to interject this, because it's, a, it, it's, it's imperative. Because see, we're not sent to just stay within a building. We are meant to go into those worlds and make a difference and to influence influencers. And you can't influence an influencer if you're a racist or a bigot. And people say black people can't be racist. Now see, that to me is a racist statement. For black people to say, or anybody, for black people to say I can't be racist, that's a racist statement. And it's a demeaning and a demoralizing statement. So, African-American people, don't demoralize yourself. And this is her message. <laughs> I approve of it, and I said to her yesterday, I don't think I'm going to say much because I want to come. I really want to come, but she just opened it. I said, I want to come through the apostolic way. So I was only planning on sharing with you all. Um, yeah, Chris is going to go ahead and blank the screens because she's going to bring up the right PowerPoint uh, for it. I didn't send it to her until later. All right. But since she just opened the way, how many of you feel uncomfortable? with what we're talking about right now, honestly. Okay, just, I, yeah, disturbed, right? It's, it's, that's okay. Because, you know, if you're living in a little bubble and you're lying to everybody, especially you, you're not actually lying to anybody else, but you just love everybody and this and that and the other, this is, I, I don't doubt for a moment that that's true. You see, there's a level in which we do. We, as, as, as in fact, as the children of, of God, we are... Um, we're programmed to do that, if you will. It's in our DNA to love everyone. So no one will leave, well, maybe somebody will, but I'm not here to tell you that you don't. It's not the part. See, here's where we get caught so often. It is not the power 
and the grace and the goodness that you display that is in question. It is the areas that have yet to be claimed by the kingdom that are causing us to fall. That's right, that's right, that's right. So if you think I said uh, the church is a room full of haters or is a body of haters, I did not. If you think that I said that the church is, 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 is a filled with, is just a racist or, uh, you know, no, that's not what I'm saying. It cannot be when we are the body of Christ. However, there are spots. The Bible says Jesus comes back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And when I was praying about that, my, what I was impressed with the Lord was that he was saying, when I said that the king of this world, the prince of this world has, has searched, but he found nothing in me. Therefore, Jesus was presented without spot or wrinkle. There was nothing, not a blemish, not a spot. God doesn't have spots. God doesn't have blemishes. Do you understand? These faults, these little details that are wrong or off, kilter, don't come from heaven. Nothing in heaven is out of order. Nothing in heaven is spotted. Nothing in heaven is decaying. Nothing in heaven is wrinkled or crumpled or or. Um, uh, below the standard of the king. Are you seeing that? Yeah. So when he says without spot or wrinkle, and one of you find, give me that scripture too. Um, when, when he says that, go, Alfred, I'm going to give you that assignment, please. Um, when he says that, he's talking the perfection that only he can give. And we, as his body, to represent the truth, we have um, areas, issues, Places where the king is not reigning. So this is not fault finding as in I'm finding fault with you. It's fault finding like you would search for a temple when you were a teenager. A blackhead, a blemish. And you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Can't have that. Wouldn't you? Some of you. Some of us have said, oh, well, there's another one. Okay. Just depended on on which way he'll fix it. Okay, it just depended on you know what kind of kids you were or a run in your stocking. Oh no, I have to change those. Uh, that was for back in the day when women really wore those all the time. Okay, um, but do you understand when you found a flaw and you thought, oh no, I have to I have to fix that. You're baking when you bake a cake for the house. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You want it to be pretty. You want it to be nice. But if it's not, they're gonna eat it anyway. But if you're taking it to one of those things at work. Or some place where, well, my cookies have to be perfectly shaped. My cake has to be frosted properly. It has to, because the presentation seems to mean more because others are going to see it. But see, that's backwards. Because the standard um, for, for not perfection as in, as in appearing just, I don't know, pristine, but, but the, the, the perfection God talks about the most is completion. When it says the Lord perfects, the things that concern me, he brings it to maturity. He brings it to a place of completion. Jesus is not marrying a child bride, an immature kid that is always, always on and on about how you're treating her so wrong and how this is going on and all the little whiny things that many people do in relationships. Jesus is not coming back for that. If you were going to say it in that way, as a man, he wants to marry a woman, not a child. As the king of kings and the lord of lords, the bride is worthy. She makes herself ready to be worthy of the king. Am I making sense? Yeah. 
Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go over there so I can give you Bible. Thank you so much, Mr. Al. No, I'm serious because the demons that have had rule over your thinking, the demonic that has been able to manipulate you and always make everything going wrong in your life somebody else's fault, how they treat you because of your gender, your skin tone, your age, your financial, your this, your this. It's always somebody else. It's never you. That is childishness because when it's us and we get hold of the truth, we can change. Somebody finding fault with me does not mean I am a, a bad, evil, wicked loser. It means there's a flaw that the king says, I want to fix that for you because you are absolutely miserable in it. When you hate somebody, it messes you up. That's right. It really does. I, I, I've been in those places in, in churches uh, where I was in unforgiveness towards somebody. Lord Jesus, it was hard going to church sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it really was. Because everywhere I went, there they were. You can't go nowhere in this church, and there that that person is that you have that I'm holding that I'm holding in unforgiveness. They they stood in front of me. They walked past me to go put the offering in. They were asked to speak and to pray. They praying loud. They singing. <laughs> and I'm looking because I know there's something else wrong with them. Just the fact that I can't stand them. Just the fact that they insulted me two years ago and have yet to apologize. Just the fact that they breathe. Okay? It says here for as a church, uh, Ephesians 5.24, as the church is subject unto Christ, ha-ha, so wives, the wives to their own husbands in everything. As the church is subject. <laughs> and husbands, in spite of the fact that she ain't, love her. <laughs> it's kind of how that is. Because she is responsible for her behavior and you are responsible for yours. And that's what it says. That she, the wife, subjects her, she subjects herself unto Christ. So, so, so in, in that, and that's a conformity. That is not yes, master, yes, master, yes, master. No, that's not what that is. God did not say, so let the wife be the slave or the servant in that sense. He said, as you are subject to my son, as you are one body with him, as you are a part, you have the same heartbeat. You are walking together. Philippians talks about striving together, side by side, contending for the same thing, that you all have the same mind. Is no longer, the wife is no longer just her own person. Yes, her salvation is her responsibility. But he says, but in the covenant relationship, you are coming under that protection. You are stepping into a place where you are uh, subject to, is also undergird, pray for, have his back, watch out for in that subjection. See, it's partnered together. And he prays to, because she got to live with him. 
And she needs prayer, and he's the one that knows how to pray. I'm serious. Okay, <laughs> I love the look on this woman's face right there. That is classic. Okay, do you understand? This thing he's saying, when you got to live with somebody, you have enough issues living with yourself. Now you're going to live with somebody being who you are, and they're going to live with you being who they are. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. It's not a bashing of each other. It's not a lording over because it's the same body. But it's love that has commitment to it and a determination in this to get rid of the things in me, me, that will hinder the walk with him. So this will be something that we're going to press. We're not, I'm not, not today, but we're going to, to do that. Go to the... Uh, Next one and the next one. I didn't take those out. That's why. Okay. All right. Stop right there. So kingdom from God's perspective is covenant, vision. These are seven things. Extravagance, abundance, increase, elevation, expansion, grace for execution. Those are some of the things that the kingdom, uh, the kingdom is from God's perspective. All right. Um, so when you look at that, go to the next, please. My mindset. Now, go back up for a minute. It said, from God's perspective, right? Okay, back. My mindset. From whose perspective? How I look at racism or any of these things within the body. If I look at it from a human perspective, I'm going to be judgmental. I'm going to be scathing in my comments. I'm going to be fault-finding with, with everyone because my humanity has been offended, okay? Um, here he said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And we we're going to really go into this scripture. Um, soon. But here's the point that I wanted to make. Jesus is not coming back for a child bride. And so the church, the bride, it says in Revelation, the bride makes herself ready. And so the church, what we are to do is to find those spots and to get them out. To, uh, to find those wrinkles and to get them flattened. To get rid of everything within us that is Satan. Everything within the body of Christ that still yields to the world way. All right. I mentioned before, uh, go to this next one. Okay. Bigotry or pet prejudice, bigotry, hatred, racism, privilege. Okay. They talk about privilege. And I've read articles uh, from ministers that will talk about, well, you know, I went to one of a different um, skin and I was trying to just tell them, hey, everybody has the equal opportunity. But they told me based on their skin, they, because they came over on a different boat, you know, they came in through shackles and, and so forth and so on, that it wasn't the same. And that because your tone is lighter, you have privilege. And people, I, I read about it all the time, white privilege, white privilege. I've read it, I, I, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about ministers that I know of who have written this stuff, yeah, I do have white privilege and I have this. I don't see it that way. 
I really don't see it that way. I, I know that people think it exists. But according to the kingdom, it does not. And, and, and your slavery background, uh, because, I, because my ancestors were this, well, and so as soon as I say that, you think, oh, you're talking about black people. No, actually, Jewish people had ancestors that were slaves. Actually, English people had ancestors that were slaves. Indentured servants were people that were in slavery, white slaves in the United States of America. They came over from England. They could not afford the passage. They had to sell themselves into slavery. Sometimes they got out in two, three years. Sometimes they never got out at all. I met a man um, who was talking about that. He was from Tennessee. And his great-grandmother and grandmother, uh, they, they were born into indentured, uh, in, indentured hood, or I think it is. I don't know how to, how to uh, say that one. But indentured servants. And they weren't born free. White people, they were not born free in the United States of America. There are people that are so in trafficking, they are slaves, and they come on every color. Now, if we, when we, and we will, deal with and get this stuff out of the body, get these pimples, get these blemishes, get these wrinkles out of the body, we will, be, we will see such a powerful change in the laws and in the in, in, in the the proceed or the things that have been happening when people have been trafficked we're helping on one level but we got a power that is greater as we clean up our house that will set many people free and trafficked lives matter don't they <laughs> just the black ones I saw a lot of arguments, honey, until Black Lives Matter. When Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. I got that one, and somebody uh, decided to tell me. I, I got a few of those too, Mr. Dirk. And I saw the one you sent. Somebody who took the scripture to try to tell you that uh, the, the one lamb that, that, that Jesus went after, left the 99 to go to the one because it's the black life, that that's the only life that matters right now because the other 99 are safe. Not if you ain't got an under shepherd. You got 99 sheep over there that you just told what, stay still? No, no, they got to have somebody watching over them too. Nobody is safe without Jesus. Do you understand? So we can do that. In a given moment, any parent will tell you, I got to deal with this child more than I got to deal with the other children. <laughs> but that doesn't mean the other children don't matter. Oh no, but this child matters the most. No, that's not the truth. It's the insecurity and it's the need to matter. It's the need to say somebody sees me and sees my value. It's not even about the one that died or the ones that were murdered. It's actually in those moments, it's about you. And it's about your children and it's about your life. Then it's about everybody else. <laughs> so we minister. Because I'm not going to argue about it. And I was like, well, I already wrote it in a book. I, I actually talked about this, you know. And the thing is, is that I'm not going to win an argument and I'm not going to try. But what I can do is offer you a security that you don't even know is available to you. People will mistreat you because they are mean. People will mistreat you. you. They'll tell you it's your color, but you could have been purple today. They will mistreat you because you look like you have more than they do. 
They will try to victimize you because they want your car. They will try to victimize you because it looks like life is easy for you and they want you to have a taste of what they've gone through. As many reasons as you can come up with, positive or evil, I mean truth or evil, people will do what they do because of what they believe. believe. It's that simple. And so I won't, you, you won't win an argument, but to think that we don't see your need beyond your words. That's what we specialize in, in the body of Christ. We are to hear the voice of the Spirit of God and say, that life matters to me. That's why I shed my blood. But for that person, they feel this big because they've experienced this, they've experienced this, they've experienced this. And I want you to speak my healing to their soul. I want you to go after those wounds, those scars that they keep replaying in their head. And I want you to destroy the record. My blood will do it. I know what I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's so funny because people will say, well, you, it's easy for you to say because you haven't experienced it. You, you, you never know what a person has gone through or experienced. You also don't know what choices we make on how we're going to address the situation. I've learned, and I, I have to say, much of it, Dr. Baker, is through what you've taught. I don't want to take the victim's place. So even when things happen to me, I can change things through the word of God. If I choose not to think like a victim, if my mindset is the set, mindset of a, of a victim, go back to that. If my set of ideologies and beliefs that I nurture, nurse, feed upon and feed is all about being a victim, being rejected, being misunderstood, being misheard, being treated wrong, and all of this other stuff, then I'm offended easily and I'm crippled emotionally and I'm not able to ever listen clearly or understand what you're saying because my mindset is always teaching me to listen for the words that they will speak that will one more time show me how insignificant I am. But Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth. What truth is he talking about? The truth about your value to God. The truth about your identity. The truth about the power of the, of the, of the kingdom. See, people all don't be bringing that Bible to me because we're living the real life. It's like, baby, this is what changes your life to make it real. From what you've had. Live life or existence, being mistreated by Satan is not life. It's not life. Life is when you destroy the works of the devil. Because life is greater than death. How do I know? Because he got up. That's right. Because resurrection power, resurrection life is greater than death. Death could not keep him. Do you understand? That's what the song, death couldn't keep him, the grave couldn't hold him, and, and so forth, so ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. These are kind of the words we sing. But understand that those words are not a religious... Um, toe-tapping, tambourine-shaking song. It is the truth. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, has made us free. 
from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death allows you to stay a victim. The law of sin and death allows us to be suspicious of the wrong parts. You see, the discerning of spirit is to also ask Holy Spirit, what should I be thinking? What should I be seeing? What should I be looking for? Because, yeah, there are people that are sent to entrap or sent to do this or sent to do that. There are predators out there. There are mean people out there. There are dangerous situations. All those things are true. But the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is from above, if you don't really believe this, then there's a struggle between what you see and what you've heard that God said. But when we know what he says and we know him, it starts to turn things. It doesn't make your life perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't do those things. But it, it opens the gateway within us for God to have greater capacity. And this is what this is about. It's being made ready for Jesus. And so, I'm going to go on to another topic, or sort of, <laughs> sort of, go to the next one. Last week we talked about offerings and things, right? Okay? And we're going to go back to that. But do you see these things here? Enti privilege, entitlement. Now, entitlement's interesting. Because you surely don't have to be white to have it. Come on, sure go. I got some. Okay. My son's back there got some. Yes. You don't have to be. You see, isn't this interesting? Have you ever thought that people will assign a color, a group, a people group, to all these different words? Prejudice. Who's prejudice? Well, it ain't me. I'm not prejudiced. I've learned how to get along with folks all my life, but them folks over there, they got a problem. <laughs> Bigotry. Oh, no, I'm not a bigot, you know, um, because I, I love everybody, but you Christians and you folks over here and y'all, you're the ones, you're the bigots, you're the ones that do this, you're the ones that do that. You don't see you. Hatred. Uh, white supremacist. Um, uh, who else? Hey, um, Muslim or, or those um, incendiary type of uh, cell groups and things, they're the, ones that, that, they're the ones that carry the hatred, right? Racism. Oh, those are the, the police officers of America. Privilege, white people. Entitlement. Oh, that should be white people. No, <laughs> it's not. Fear. Everybody else who's not white. But now the whole world because of an invisible demon. Demon, right? World point of view. This one is what enables all the other ones in the church. The world point of view. We get rid of that. This other stuff, it's kind of like it'll just go right through it. The way we see people from the world's point of view. The way we see God from the world's point of view. The way we view Christianity. Christianity is a world point of view. That's why the Bible says they were first called Christians. But God didn't call them that. You see? The world point of view will twist the thinking of the body, the mind. It's not 
uh, Christ, if, if Christ has a world point of view, then we should. But if Jesus has a kingdom point of view, which he does, then that's the way we think. There are people in churches you go to all over the all over the United States of America, it's not just in the South, where they refer to integrated couples or uh, whatever the mixtures are, they're not pure. Um, they've tainted the children. They're gonna, uh, the, I've heard some of these type of things. Uh, you're gonna have problems because you know, you're, you're different ethnicities or, or they say different races and you're, you're gonna have problems. And, and this is prophesied in church, why? They, because of fear. A world point of view that led to fear. I'm afraid for you. I'm afraid that you're going to experience this. And you actually, you do, but you live. When I was married to, when I first married Arena's dad, we were over in Santa Cruz. And we were told um, over and over, people would tell us that we were gonna have problems because of, you know, because of the skin tones, because of this, because of that. That was what our problems were. <laughs> they, they, they were. they were right. We had problems, but the problems were not. Before, before, before that man and I married. Before he and I married. Before, before he and I married, we did something um, that we felt was necessary. We addressed racism and bigotry in our own hearts. You see, that was one of the most powerful things we we did. We just didn't go far enough. Uh, but, but we but we did. We we talked about the worst things we'd ever said, the things that we were told, you can I don't care who you date, but don't bring them home, uh, this, that, the other, the worst slurs and, and things of that sort. And it actually um it opened up a conversation that we did not continue to have. But here's what happens a lot of times in these, these, con these relationships, and it, it, it could be any, anything that happens, but, but that world point of view. Uh, I remember another relative of mine was married, and there he is, a black man with a white woman, and she didn't understand his fear of being seen with her in the daytime when the cops came by. And he said she, he, she didn't understand that because, you know, to her, it was fine. He, living from the power of being stopped and being questioned, and ma'am, are you all right? Is this person bothering you? And you see, yes, those things actually happen. And he was saying, hi, Alfred. And it was, um, <laughs> it was a lot of that kind of stuff. But the world point of view will have you afraid of the police. The kingdom point of view will have you have the spirit of the fear of the Lord and, know, and trust that he will take care of it even when it's the police. I did not say that because we say these things, that, that means that somebody won't look at us and say, Ugh, yeah, there's that one is, or, or, or whatever. I didn't say that, because it does happen. And anybody saying, well, you say all this, but it had, no, no, I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that there's a different power on the inside that we can access, that will enable us to speak the kingdom thing, even in that, and the Bible says, um, that when a man's ways please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. It says that, that um, a soft answer will turn away wrath. That you, in that time when you're faced with these things, I will give you the words to say. Now, it's hard to trust in that when you're uh, fearful of uh, somebody hurting you or doing this or the other until you finally realize 
that the fear that you have is being threatened with heaven. What do I mean? If they say they're going to kill you, where are you going to go? You, to be absent from the body is to be what? Do you believe this? You see, when we believe it, it starts to diminish fear. You're threatening me with heaven. You're telling me that you will kill me as though me dying will be um, detrimental to me. Me dying will be detrimental to you because I've been sent here to change things for you, to help to, to bring about the will of God. But, uh, but, but when we start addressing the fears on the inside of us, Am I afraid to die? Am I afraid to fail? Am I afraid of this? I have a world point of view. I'm looking at my life as though Jesus has no power. I'm looking at my life as though it's a good message, the gospel, but, but it doesn't have any relevance for me. You see, it's a world point of view. This is what the Lord was, was, was teaching me about myself. Where do you see life as the world sees it? Instead of as as I have it. All the, I mean, you could be looking at lack. You could be looking at whatever it is. It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to have to change this or this is going to happen or, or whatever. And, and we make it sound like it's such a terrible thing. When the truth of the matter is, is that I get to change. Because that's God's plan for me. I get to be better. I get to be faster. I get to be stronger. You see, I get to be all those things that they tried to say the $6 million man was. But it has no metal, no man-made anything. It's a God thing. So prejudice, bigotry, hatred, racism, privilege. It, you look at how I pray that you take these words. Because we, they're not going to go away until we make them go away. But start from the bottom, the world point of view. Where are you carrying the world point of view because that's the entrance to a lot of this stuff and all of it just hit it one more time all of it, it's my wire okay I'm sorry all of it is sin yes, it is. all of it it's all sin I'm not going to go too much longer but I want to try to give you a few more things sin what is sin it's your self-indulgent nature I used to use that in a play years ago. It's my self-indulgent nature. Every time I'm going to self-indulge, that nature, the self-indulge, is to the exclusion of everybody else. Everybody else, okay? So, um, because it's not God's indulgent nature. There's a different, and I don't mean drink gin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a different way of thinking. I, I, I had to, when I was praying... I had to come to terms with the fact that, that there are certain things that I'm going to teach, certain messages that, that he's asking me, will I do it? This kingdom message, will I do it? Will I really do this? Because it's going to cost. And what I realize is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. It will make people uncomfortable. Sometimes they'll get mad at you. Sometimes they don't want to speak to you. Sometimes they'll turn away from you. Sometimes they'll shun you. Uh, many times they'll, they'll be upset with you, and you're not even going to know about it, or you will know about it. It depends on what you're looking for. But it's very imperative that we live 
in this time, we are in times people, that we live as kingdom citizens, which think like Jesus, that who thinks like God. It's imperative that we make this decision that I'm going to be different from what people say as in minimal life. And I'm going to allow God, who does not have evil plans for me, to change my insight and my capacity to love. It's easy to love people that are nice to you. Not so much when they're mean and they despise you and they hatefully do this or talk bad about you or whatever it is. But you still got to do it. Because... It's for them. It's for them. And he's asking us, are you going to allow me to fill your heart with my astounding love for everyone, including yourself? Because see, when the astounding love of God fills us for ourselves, we yes. can't stay the way that we are. Yep. We have to become the more yep. of him. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not a uh, um, jump up and shout and blow the shofar kind of thing, maybe. But this world cannot heal itself. The people that we see on the news, the people that we see in social media, and all of those other places, they can't heal themselves. Um, I know we're going to pray over somebody, but before we do, Raina, come on up here. Now, Crystal, is, is when. This is something that um, we've, we've sung this song here before. We've, we've sung this song before, and we've listened to it. We... Um, our band will play it at some point. We changed some of the words, because, but we're not going to do that right now. We're just going to do this. We're going to worship, and we're going to pray. Um, we have time to do both, because we want to pray over someone who's going out and living the dream. There's Randy. All right. Um, Let's pray for Brandy first. You want to go? Did you want to Dr. Baker? Come here, Brandy kids. Come on, Chris. No, I don't want her. Oh, she doesn't want you. This is this is this is I just what I want to do. What I, I'm going to do what I saw. Give me Do her stand over here. Okay, and, and you, the other minister, no, do where you stand on that side. And you can stay where you are. Okay, what we're going to do is this. What I saw, and the reason I said I didn't want her and I didn't want a lot of whatever it is, okay, is Brandy is leaving tomorrow. And this is. You're going on an assignment. 
You may not realize it, but your grandmother in North Carolina is receiving you and helping you with the assignment that God has put on the inside of you. And your grandmother, Diane, in North Carolina is not just receiving you as a grandmother, but she's receiving you as a minister of God because that's who she is. And she's going to assist you in fulfilling the purpose, the dream, the nursing, the things that you say are in your heart. And it's not going to be what's going to happen is your mind, the way that you think, the way that you have thought about yourself and everything else, your morals, your decisions, and all of that is about to shift and to change. I want you to look at Minister Dury for a moment, okay? I want you to look in his eyes. I want you to see the God in his eyes. The man that you meet the man that God will bring to you will have the eyes. And when he looks in your eyes, he will see purity. He will see God. He will see something precious. And when you look, at, when you look in his eyes, you're going to see honor and respect. Never again will you be treated the way that you have been treated. Never again will you treat yourself the way that you have. You're changing. Your change starts right now. I will love you. And in this apostolic body, you see, the Bible says where two or three are gathered. And where there is agreement, a threefold cord cannot easily be, 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 uh, uh, be, be broken. And we're agreeing for you. Everything I said to you, will you receive it? Yeah. Okay. And Minister Dury is going to release a prayer over you as the, a man, a male person, a man person. See, your father who didn't like me for a long time. He loved me. He just didn't know it. He just, just didn't know it. Okay. But he gave me an assignment. He called me and he was weeping. And I, I, you can't attest to this, am I right? And he had to tell me all of the things, but he told me he knew that God had, had given his family to me and to watch out for his kids. That was an assignment. He was a bossy ass old man. You understand, he, he tried to do it from all, I mean, you know, he's even doing it from heaven right now. You know what I'm saying? He's just still trying to boss. You know, he just had to get it over. Dr. Baker, I'm still going to tell you what to do. You understand? And, and that's what he did. But he, he asked me, he told me to do that. He said he knew that this was what it is. And so I cannot have you leave this place without us sending you. You understand? Without us commissioning you to go but with instructions. Wow. Praise God. 
my children hear my voice and they obey. As a man, like your father, your father wanted the best for you, only the best for you. And if Brad was here today, if your father was here today, what he would say to you is, follow the instructions that you're given so that you may live, and you may live the life that God has for you. I say, as a father figure to you, as a daughter, listen to the instructions of your grandmother, because there is wisdom, there is strength, and there is life. You may not always understand it, but listen and obey, and you will prosper in all your ways. The Bible says that God says that you are the apple of his eye. That means that you are special, you are precious. And as you go, that will become apparent to you how precious and special you are. So we pray the blessings of God upon your life, upon your purpose, upon your mission. And that what the men, enemy meant for evil, God is turning around for good. That every work of darkness is destroyed in your life. And in you, and in through you, many will be blessed. That you will help others to overcome as you overcome. So I pray that you have strength, commitment of purpose. That you have a heart to receive. And that you accept the love or receive love. Accept love and receive love. Not fickle love. Not fake love. Not lust, but love. True love. And as you receive true love, the completeness of your healing will come forth. joyous. The song there is that he's never lost a battle. He can do all things but fail. And that's really the message the Lord says to us too. He says as much as 
we sing, God, you can do all things but fail because you've never lost a battle. God says you can do all things but fail because I've never lost a battle. Hallelujah. You guys can sing it on my time. Okay. I've never lost a battle is what he said. So you, I mean you, you can do all things but fail. This, this conversation will continue, I'm sure, this afternoon. And then what we're going to do in terms of teaching, it's still connected to offerings. It's still connected. It's kingdom. And so what we're going to look at is why we don't have those things. Why? Yeah, because it's sin. But what the perfect love of God answers to every single one of those ugly words and the others that didn't get mentioned. How the astounding love of God is more than enough to not only electrify and change us, but through us to change the world. So if you want in on that, then I, I invite you to tune in again this afternoon when uh, Minister Doreen and Dr. Baker come back. But also I'm inviting you to, to stick with us on these morning ones. We're going to talk about this all the time. Why? Because we're bringing change. And because when we talk about and confront evil with good, we overcome. That's what the Bible says. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So I will continue to repent. I will continue to do my part to change the inside of me so that according to 1 Corinthians 9.27, I myself will not be a castaway, will be declared unfit and unable to fulfill the call. I will walk this walk and talk this talk. And we invite you to do the same with us. So thank you for joining us today. And we see you in about 16, 17 minutes for Biblical Solutions for Life Part 2, which I feel will be very explosive and dynamic and amazing. So thank you so much in Jesus' name.